Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Astro Energy Astrology Show on Blog Talk Radio with me, astrologer Shelley Overton. Each week we go over the planetary positions, discuss astrology, and take callers' questions. If you would like to call in and get a reading, you can call 347-994-3365. Call in early as the lines fill up. edition 2019 of the Astro Energy Astrology Show. You're listening here on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Shelly Overton. I'm an astrologer in Orlando, Florida. And we have a lot to cover today. I am going to just get out of the gate and do it. I'm going to go over what's going on this week. And so you know kind of where we're at. And then I'm going to talk about the generations in astrology. So it's something that I've thought a lot about over the years. And I finally just compiled this table comparison of astrology versus what the generations are named and some attributes that are associated with them. And we'll discuss that. But first, I'm going to get to what's going on today. Today is Tuesday, June 11th. We have the moon in Libra. Moon went into Libra last night at 8.29 p.m. Let me just toggle over to the actual chart so I can tell you what's going on here. And there it is. So we've got Mars and Cancer at 17, opposite the south node at 17 Capricorn, and a 19-degree Saturn in Capricorn. We have a Mercury at 11 degrees of Cancer coming up on Mars. So Mercury-Mars conjunction is going to be a really great energy for getting stuff done, for thinking about security, then acting on security, and also taking time to do things around the house, making sure that everything's in order. Um, the opposite axis between Capricorn and Cancer means that it's a really great time to organize your home and get everything structured the way you would like it to be. Um, and I can tell you that I'm doing that myself. I've just bought a bunch of huge bins to get everything ready for my move out of here. But anyway, we've got sun in Gemini at 20 degrees. It's going into the last 10 degrees, and that's called a decant. Uh, the last 10 degrees of the 30 degrees that a, a sign is and is compiling those that section of the sky. And so sun in the last 10 degrees means we're wrapping up the story around Gemini. We are in the Aquarius decant, and so it's going to be more eccentric, less predictable, if that's even possible, of Gemini energy. Highly curious, uh, definitely about education and short distance travel, but also travel of the mind. We are expanding our horizons intellectually. We have Venus at three degrees Gemini, and so she just came into Gemini this last week, and um, she is initiating energy in Gemini, so she is seeking out new and different 
She is expressing the feminine desire nature, receptivity in communications, ideas, education. Um, this also affects small animals and um, it affects children. Gemini definitely is a connection to children as is Leo. But uh, in Gemini, it's more about teaching children and connecting on a level of um, kind of, honestly, I want to say it's a little bit mischievous, kind of like we become children in a way. And so we connect to the childlike nature. And uh, we've got Uranus and Taurus opposite, oh, I should say also, um, Venus is trying to the moon right now, just in a, uh, what is that? I can't get the word, sorry. And a separating, there, separating aspect of a trine to the moon in Libra. So I know I'm going to sound probably pretty quick today. You could probably listen to this podcast again and slow it down. But um, I've got a lot to cover and not a lot of time to do it. So, and also I've had a small shot of caffeine. So we're going to try and uh, barrel through some of these concepts, but give you a good overall view. So Uranus and Taurus, continuing that initiating energy of a new idea around power and what we're curious about and how we bring in information from the collective. So it is a collective energy associated with desire, associated with personal value, associated with femininity. This is a planetary position that is the fuel in the Me Too movement and the fuel for uh, women's equality, so to speak, going on in um, politics right now and society. There is an inconjunct with the moon to Uranus today because the moon is in Libra. And the interesting thing is they're both ruled by Venus. Uh, Libra is ruled by Venus and Taurus is ruled by Venus, but they are inconjunct in the zodiac. So they are not necessarily cooperative uh, per se today, but they do both express energy of Venus in different elements. So Uranus and Taurus is an earth energy. It's an air planet in an earth energy. So it brings that idea, uh, intellectual and analysis down to earth and bringing it into the material world. So it makes us much more willing and wanting to make things in the real world connected to higher understanding and enlightenment, honestly. Uh, moon in Libra at eight degrees in the inconjunct. So the moon in Libra is wanting to be emotive and connected to nurturing around partnership and relationships and marriage. And in the Venus energy there in Libra, it's air. So it is uh, the idea of love, the idea of nurturing. And we may fall short with that, especially with Uranus, uh, both energies, even though Uranus is in Taurus, the air energy of Uranus and the air energy of Libra with the moon are more intangible. They're conceptual. So that's where they are common. They're common with desire and they're common with women, but they approach it differently. They approach it uh, pragmatically in the Taurus arena and uh, conceptually in Libra. And it's more about the idea of what they want to do. So they're kind of battling it out for control a little bit now, but there are commonalities. They're just not really cooperative. So it could mean we'll have arguments with a parent or a mother figure or a feminine, like females are kind of not getting along as much. But I have to tell you, I'm helping a female friend with my uh, 
with a project, and it's on the Internet, so it's very interesting. We seem to actually be getting along fairly well today, so that's a good thing. But um, maybe that's the connection of trying to Venus with the moon. So I'll just cross my fingers and keep a good thought. But it can mean that there are uh, disconnects on how a common event is approached from the two different entities. We have Jupiter at 19 Sagittarius retrograde, opposite the sun at 20 Gemini, just was exact yesterday. And today it is still opposite, fairly close. But that means ego is opposite expansion. So our egos in Gemini, very self-interested energy, not necessarily reliable, um, very interested in many, many things and hard to focus. Opposite Jupiter and Sagittarius, highly focused on taking action. But because he's retrograde, we're not getting as much action done right now. It acts more like Saturn. It's more about uh, shoring things up and actually getting some responsibility coming in which Jupiter doesn't really concern itself too much for what happens after the action is taken. It just likes to be in the moment and move forward. Its eyes are on the prize. Eyes are always moving forward. Um, And so that is sports too. There was uh, the Raptors Warriors game was last night um, opposite to the sun. So I think that was the, the keeping the Raptors from their title, but the next game, not going to have an opposition. We'll see what happens. Although there is a square to Neptune today with Jupiter, and that is also a factor. As Jupiter is retrograde, Neptune is still direct until the 21st. So we're going to start seeing a wind down of the energy around uh, illusions and visionary uh, qualities that Neptune has. We may feel slower and more drowsy. Neptune is definitely the ruler of the sleep realm. And as we get into the energy of the stationary period with Neptune coming up, I would say the week before the 21st. So you're going to see it around the 13th, 14th, and then that whole week. So in about three days, you'll really start to feel it, especially a week from now. It's going to be, wow. Um, It is water. There's a square to Jupiter. It is about foreign energy, foreign people, foreign culture, Um, learning foreign languages, anything like that with Jupiter, and then squaring to Neptune, there's an emotional energy that Jupiter right now is not expressing any emotional energy per se. It's mostly intellect, analysis, um, regulation, and energy around taking action or the restriction of action as it is retrograde. Saturn is also retrograde. He can actually act a bit more like Jupiter, believe it or not, Um, loosening some of those restrictions or being a little bit more rogue and not really following the rules because the rules are what he does when he goes direct. When he goes retrograde, he goes back over whether or not it was a good idea to have those rules. So uh, to finish up Jupiter, Neptune, those two together are definitely affecting large areas, large quantities of people. Having sun in uh, Gemini opposite Jupiter and squaring, both squaring Neptune, in a T-square formation, which means they, if you look at them on the chart, they form a T. So one on either side and then one down in the middle, so T. And so that energy works together trying to, well, actually, it, <laughs> it will work together, but currently what it does is it initiates the struggle and it pulls us apart to different areas and our different ways of looking at things. June 11th, 11, 11 a.m. in Eastern time zone. I'm just giving that to you. Make a wish if you will. (laughs) So, um, yeah, Neptune squaring Jupiter 
it's going to be potentially a large emotional event around people. There is the need to travel, but also detach from what that energy is, that sun in Gemini. It doesn't necessarily want to get absorbed in the emotionalism of it, but Neptune will not let it rest. Neptune floods to get attention, and that can also translate to emotions. It can be an emotional flood of events happening around immigration or things that affect large quantities of people. It is also an energy that we should be aware of potential accidents because of Gemini. Gemini answers to Mercury. Mercury is in Cancer, so that is more of a home-nurturing energy, feminine energy. So there can be potential accidents around women or emotions attached to an event that was unexpected. And um, it could also include travel. Gemini and Jupiter and Sagittarius are both travel aspects, but also sports for for, uh, Jupiter. So there could be something along with that. But again, that Neptune energy really, it affects the masses. So that's why I'm very strongly cautioning you. Uranus in conjunct to the moon, also masses, and um, a little bit more about thought and how we process our thoughts and integrate them into the material world and communicate out what we're thinking of. And that's also Gemini as well. I don't want to get bogged down. I can get bogged down with this Gemini energy. Ah! So the last one is Saturn, uh, Saturn, Pluto conjunct in Capricorn. We're still dealing with this. This is the energy that we are going back over the major changes in structure, systems, organizations, authority figures in our personal lives and our careers. What is it we want to do? How do we want to move forward? Are we making the changes we need to make? The ones we made when Saturn almost got to Pluto before they went retrograde last month, are those valid? We're going to be dealing with this until September. After September, Jupiter goes direct actually in August, and he will move forward. He will ultimately end up in Capricorn in December, and Saturn Pluto join up in January. We're heading towards this end of year, beginning of the year, major shift and transition around our careers. Look forward to that. Um, September is the timeline for that. But part of what I want to say with this is what you thought was moving forward and more in alignment with how you wanted it to go is now back to where it was. We are revisiting it. I've seen this in many ways in my life, uh, including, believe it or not, the weather patterns that were seemingly moving forward and shifting and changing more in alignment with what I would be comfortable with. And now that we have Saturn-Pluto retrograde, um, my immediate environment, which also Capricorn is a certain amount of your environment. For me, it's my workplace right now. It's in the house of workplace where I'm at. So it is affecting workplace as well as career, but it's your environment. It's the physical, tangible um, structure of what's around you, and that is shifting back to what it used to be. And so if you're frustrated with this, know that it does not last, okay? It's not going to last. What it does is it brings up these issues of security how we are secure in our immediate environment, especially as it relates to the home, because you have Mars and Mercury in Cancer, which is the home energy. You have the career energy, which can be the business workplace. Uh, For many of you, it will be the business and workplace, but it's mostly your life purpose and feeling comfortable that even though you don't know what the future holds, you can handle it, okay? So 
when things seemingly do not go the way you want in your career, right now, particularly Pluto and Saturn retrograde are really delving deep into the psychology of the changes you want to make. And so you have to really face the mirror of your own psychology, like what motivates you, what drives you in that. With the sun in Gemini, that is directly in conjunct or 150 degrees away from the Pluto-Saturn retrograde and conjunction. And so there's an added energy of having someone outside of yourself seemingly more in control or power or has an opinion that frustrates you or is in conflict with what you believe about whatever's going on in your life. And um, it could be a sibling, Gemini is siblings. It could be a neighbor. Um, it's somebody who is an intellect or pseudo-intellectual who wants to analyze the situation and, and lay down their opinion. So just know that it's an opinion. It doesn't mean that it's who you are. It's an opinion. Okay. I'm going to jump over here to the um, planner that I have and go over the week through that. So I it organize this. It's so awesome. This is uh, the daily plan of Terry Guy by Llewellyn 2019. And if you listen to the podcast in January, I made notes over the whole year and it's really awesome. I did it, I think for the first time this year, maybe the second time, I'm not sure, but um it's this whole year has got all sorts of highlights and it's really amazing to watch things happen as it goes along from the notes I've made. But um, yesterday was a big, good travel day, but of course, sun opposite Jupiter is going to mean that there are unexpected events. I have a Instagram lady that I follow and she's had flights that are not making their way through. She's been delayed up to 24 hours after her last flight, which is the second leg of her trip, that kind of thing is happening now. Venus and Gemini, that can happen. Um, Mars and Mercury together, definitely there's some action taken. And But the Gemini is always unreliable when it comes to travel and opposing Jupiter and Sagittarius is long distance and airline travel. Uh, Mercury and Gemini are usually car travel and cross-road transportation. And uh, Sagittarius is long distance. So if you combine those and oppose them, you're going to have trouble traveling. So I'm just giving you a heads up. Don't yell at me if you have those issues. <laughs> um, tomorrow, sun enters, or excuse me, moon enters Mercury tomorrow. And, okay, slow down. Moon enters Scorpio. I apologize. Um, Scorpio energy is, again, ruled by Pluto. So we will see a shift actually a cooperative shift because moon in Scorpio answers to Pluto, which is working in, in positive aspect with the moon and psychology. So we look towards home and security as well as um, things that we've seen in the past and deeper psychological issues wrapped around nurturing. And we are able to do a little bit more nurturing on Wednesday. Um, Thursday, we have sun in conjunct Pluto Mars trying to Neptune, I wrote down changes around communication, technology, there are going to be lies and truth, both coming out, home, emotions, um, and endings around the home coming up tomorrow or uh, Thursday. Friday, flag day, Mars is trying to Neptune, it jumps over the, the um, timeline, so if you're in Eastern, it's 2.11 a.m., and it's 11.11 p.m. Pacific, in on Thursday, but Mars trining Neptune. 
again, crimes can bring out emotions and flooding, even though it's a positive aspect. Traditionally, it is still a difficult aspect initially. So I do foresee that there are going to be some water events going on and look out for that. Let's see, a lot of moon aspects. It's just aspecting everything. Remember, when the moon goes through a sign, it goes in two and a half days through a sign. And that means that whatever aspects are out there, it hits every single planet because all the other planets are in one of those 30 degrees. So moon makes aspects every time it goes through a sign. And it just depends on where the other planets are, whether or not those are positive or negative aspects. On Friday, we have, I'm going to do it quickly because I still have a lot to say, Moon trine Mercury, Moon trine Neptune, Moon trine Mars, Moon sextile Saturn. Mars on Friday will oppose Saturn directly. So Mars and Saturn are pretty heavy hitters in the sky and really express out with frustration over trying to take action but not being able to. Here, Mars and Cancer is, again, about doing something with the home, taking action around security and nurturing yourself, but is resisted by a Saturn that is heading backwards, looking towards the past, trying to make what used to work relevant. And so that's probably the frustration is you will do something around your home or around taking action for your own security and your own interests. Um, it could even be creative, you know, uh, cancer is a water sign and it's emotion and emotive and, you know, whatever creative endeavors you do, emotional signs are more in tune with that energy. Um, they just absorb in that. So, yeah, um, we've got that energy going on opposite Saturn, which is more restrictive and stern and can be the taskmaster, which is the um, given nickname for Saturn. So don't be surprised if on Friday you find something that you want to do. And it's going to be money-related because cancer is a really good sign for securing finances or seeking out that financial security. Saturn retrograde is like, nope, I'm not putting up with that. We're going to go back the way we used to go. We're going to do it the way we've always done it. That's frustrating. So find that may happen on Friday for you. Mars is in conjunct Jupiter. Another frustrating aspect, uh, Mars and Cancer, Jupiter and Sagittarius, never really a good aspect. Uh, the emotions and the need for security are met with someone who is over the top, more wanting their own thing, not so concerned about emotions, and also taking action in ways that you're not necessarily wanting to. So the combination of the two on Friday is probably going to make for some frustration, either in life purpose or, again, anything Sagittarian, taking action, education, things like that. Um, we also have a sextile the moon to Pluto, positive cooperative aspect, again, doing the psychology, looking at your own psychology and maybe having some aha moments. Moon in conjunct to the sun in Gemini. Yeah, sun in Gemini is going to want to just do its own thing and, you know, have that self driven focus where moon and Scorpio just feels everything and everybody and will be all up in the emotionalism of it and the moodiness and broodiness and depression potentially and not getting any cooperation from the sun and ego. So there'll be friction there. My guess is that's going to be an aspect that brings out two people who are kind of having a head to head combat and that's later in the evening on Friday. Um, 
zipping over Saturday. Saturday's got the moon in conjunct to Uranus, so there could be some tech glitches. Moon enters Sagittarius. So there will be a trine to Chiron in Aries, which is a positive thing. You can move forward and maybe not feel so hurt by something that happened. And I would say initially there could be a hurt, but it will ultimately result in a cooperative energy coming from it if it's been um, acted upon and expressed out in a physical manner. You can come to a conclusion. Uh, Moon in Sagittarius opposite Venus in Gemini. Money and security. Finally, Sunday is, uh, I'm going to just tell you what it says so I can get to our generations. Emo, travel, dreams, spirit, religion. Jupiter squares Neptune exact on that day. So that's going to be also a religious energy. I wouldn't be surprised if we hear something about that this weekend. Um, Churches and schools will be affected by this. And it is very deeply emotional. I don't want to predict anything ugly, but it has potential to be a major news story or, um, you know, another emotional event involving travel or acting out um, in self-interest against an emotional receptive energy. It could be immigrants. It could be any of the top news stories we have, immigration, education, education. Usually Jupiter, it's foreign people or foreign culture, so I'm going to stick with probably something going on with um, deaths and immigration, which is kind of the storyline lately of all the deaths that have happened with um, the immigrants coming across the border. But it could also involve flooding and um, people transitioning through large events. Okay, Um Let's get on to our generations. So when I say generations, you know, you hear this a lot, the greatest generation. Um, And actually, I grew up during the me decade or the me generation, which was the 70s. And that was just kind of thrown around back before they actually named the generations in modern society. But I'm referring to the baby boomers, the greatest generation, Gen X, Gen Y, the millennials, Gen Z, We have a whole host of different generations. So um, when I think about generations, I mean, they are groups of people who have a similar mindset, basically. And I looked it up, and they're talking about a socioeconomic group or how people look at politics, how they look at education, how they look at behavior in society. All these things are generations. So I'm going to start with cancer. The sign of cancer, Pluto was in cancer, and generations for me, are defined mostly by Pluto, which is psychology, but it's also um, a fairly slow-moving planet, and it goes between 11 and 25 years through any sign. It is 25 years in Cancer starting on May 26, 1914, ended June 14, 1939, so it's 25 years in the sign of Cancer. So it was about who we are in our soul groups, who we are in the sense of feeling like we are connected as family. And that was a big defining thing for that generation. Pluto, again, can be intense and passionate. It expresses through passion, through emotion, through depth, through covert interest. It means it can express the energy of the mystery or it can bring out the mystery. And really it just merges soul merges 
with others. So having Pluto in any sign means that's where the collective will merge as a soul group. And so being in cancer, again, that's about mothers. It's about the nurturing and the connectedness to home and family, the homeland, quote unquote, the homeland. And I honestly, I wish I could remember, I think World War I was around the late teens, but or 1920, I really need to look that up. I honestly don't know exactly the years of World War I, but the people born during World War I or that generation grew up in time to be in World War II. So that's kind of a key factor for people who are of that age. And, of course, there aren't probably very many people left from the early 1900s or the teens of the 1900s, but there are people still alive from say the 1930s, like late 30s. And so they will have the Pluto in Cancer. And that means that they really idealize and immerse themselves in the culture of family and connectedness on soul group and clan, clanism. Um, so we go on to Leo. And that's, I guess, technically would be the greatest generation um, in its home security and then World War II. Uh, Leo is June 14th, 1939 through August 19th, 1957, which is 18 years of a generation. I want to say also there are a lot of things I want to talk about, and I'm running out of time. So much information today. Um, generationally, you have the, the groups are Pluto. I mean, the planets associated with what I would call a generation in astrology is Pluto mostly. But you also have Neptune, which only goes two degrees a year, roughly. So it's 15 to 18 years of people being born having that Neptune in that particular sign. So we've already had eight years of Neptune in Pisces. And we've got another, you know, 10, I think it goes in 1930, 19, um, 2034 uh, into the next sign of Aries. So we still have a little bit of time of Neptune in Pisces. And those people will have this real strong connection to their emotions, to intuition, to psychic ability and awareness, connection to the other side, esoteric things, vintage things, the storyline, all of that. And um, let me see, that'll be around January 18th, 2044. Through, actually, I didn't realize that, but um, Neptune goes out of, oh, no, I'm sorry, this is Pluto. That's wrong. Pluto is in Pisces in those years. I'm sorry. Trying, I'm a little, uh, like I said, I'm a little hyper from the casting, trying to get so much information out. I really only have about 10 minutes, so I'm going to try and get it all in. Um, Neptune is a generational planet. Pluto is a generational planet. And um, Uranus can have influences because he's there for eight years. So definitely there will be a micro generation within the larger generation that's influenced by Uranus. So that can give nuances to the overall generation. So um, what I would love to do is make a timeline with, a, you know, like a bar graph of the different planets and how they overlap and how that generation is influenced and where the gradients are and what it will influence for people. And maybe I'll uh, put that on my list of things to do. We'll see how long it takes me to get to that. I will post the table that I created for this after the show on Facebook. If you're interested, go to Astro Energy on Facebook and I'll put that there. Give me a minute or two. So um, Leo, the Leo generation, June, 9, June 14th, 1939 through August 19th, 1957, baby boomers. So the baby boomers were from 1946 
through 1964. So on either end, 46 is about seven years after the Leo and Pluto, and it ended about seven years after August 19th, 1957, which is the Leo generation. But a huge part of the defining energy of the baby boomers is consumerism, is the purchasing power. And so Leo, Leo is about fortune and about status. I would definitely say status comes into play with the baby boomer generation. There's, in astrological terms, it's drama and leadership, but it's also, it can be gambling. And I know um, gambling over the course of their adulthood, gambling kind of became more legalized in Atlantic City. Um, gosh, where else? Vegas was always legal, anywhere in Nevada. But I know Atlantic City uh, legalized it in 30 years ago, 40 years ago. And so that is something that was associated with that generation. Um, there's a hierarchical nature about Leo, and also capitalism is kind of a, a concept that was run with under that generation. Uh, Virgo, oh, and also I want to say the Leo generation that, you know, the people born 1939, that's Trump's generation. That's um, it actually Obama is the is a very bitter end of the baby boomer generation, which as a very bitter end baby boom generationer, I would say there's definitely a gradient between the end of the boomers and the beginning of the Gen Xers. And there's kind of like a, a like I said, a micro generation in there of idealists because that's when Uranus and Pluto conjuncted and joined up with each other. So that's going to be more of that anarchical energy. And so Anarchy is kind of the, the uh, hallmark of the 1960s segment of that overlap of generations. So Pluto and Virgo, August 19th, 1957 through July 30th, 1972, that was 15 years considered the Gen X generation. I have a friend who was born in 70 and definitely a different energy. The energy also, um, I want to say, where was Neptune then? Neptune was in Sagittarius, I think, but Uranus was in Libra. And the 70s, Uranus and Libra was a really strong energy around uh, anything goes in relationships. I think this is the swinger era. Uh, health and healing in the military were really strong for that era. August 19th, 1957 through 72, this is coming into more of a Vietnam War era. And um, like the friction that the, my generation had with uh, not really liking the war, and even, not even my generation, but people who were adults around the 60s were feeling the energies that were coming in from my generation when we were born. And they were reacting to that. And so the people born any given time take on the imprint of that era. So, um, you know, if you think about whatever it is your attitudes are, look back to the year you were born and see what was going on in the news in that year. And that's kind of imprinted into your life. And it gives you your attitudes on an energetic level. So I got chills with that. So definitely look into that. It's something I enjoy doing is going back to the year I was born, going, what was going on? On the year I was born, I mean, I'm heavy into the movies. Mary Poppins was nominated for an Oscar and um, Audrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady was nominated for an Oscar. And I'm huge fans of both Julie Andrews and Audrey Hepburn and Disney movies. 
So um, it was a really big infusion of that energy in my life, personally. Um, Watergate happened in the early 70s, and then moon and space travel happened in that era. And Neptune was in Scorpio and then went into Sagittarius. Like I said, Libra, Pluto, happened July 30th, 1972 through August 27th, 1984, which is 12 years, and that is Gen X. So Libra, again, Libra is the psychology of partnership. And that's really kind of the era when marriages started breaking down. Pluto really affected what we were thinking about relationships and marriage and what the psychology of getting married is all about. And it is also about death and rebirth. So we saw more people having a struggle with staying committed to other people and realizing if you're not happy, you can't stay in a situation that is making you unhappy if you're going to have a happy life. So I think that's a huge part of it. Um, the Venusian Venus energy of that, that was also the era, era of the ERA. And I don't know, I was talking to someone the other day and I was talking about the ERA, the Equal Rights Amendment, and how it didn't pass and she didn't even realize there was one. But yes, there was an Equal Rights Amendment uh, suggested and it didn't pass. So that kind of uh, needs revisiting. I was realizing that this morning, how we really do need to uh, take back ownership of our physical bodies as women. And I think that we need a women's autonomy, physical autonomy bill. And uh, anyway, I'm running out of time. So I just want to get to the last couple ones. Scorpio Pluto was 1984, August 27th through November 10th of 1995. It was 13 years. This is the millennial generation and the Gen Y generation. And they were part of the generation of September 11th, 2001, when they were coming of age and uh, starting to really realize what the world was about. Scorpio is war. Scorpio is psychology. And it's also a very intense, dark, more depressing energy. This is the Kurt Cobain energy coming in in that generation. So if you think about the grunge era and the depressing music, I mean, I, I love Nirvana and Pearl Jam and all that too. But honestly, I developed more of an appreciation in retrospect. It really wasn't my outlook at the time, but that generation, it was imprinted into them. So they're the younger generation now. They're the ones who are coming of age and uh, really going to be making a huge difference in politics. Scorpio rules politics. So look for the Scorpio Pluto people to really make a difference in the psychology of how we look at politics. November 10th, 95 through November 26, 2008, Sagittarius Pluto. That was an era where the housing market was booming. It's the Gen X generation. And we were really expanding and being more proactive in our lives. It is the generation that now as adults are wanting to travel and be more uh, loose about where they're living. They want to travel for a living. They are always on the go because that's Sagittarius. They have to be on the go. They are less committed to staying in one place and more committed to getting the life experience and the spiritual educational uh, experience as a career. And I think that they're probably the hardest for um, people to understand or will ultimately um, be the generation that brings the world together on some level in, uh, in a sense of like understanding other cultures. So after that is the Pluto and Capricorn generation from November 25th, 2008 to January 20th, 2024. 
This came in with a bang with the end of the housing market going up, the bubble bursting, and the recession. So Capricorn is about the systems. It's the psychology of the systems and structures and government. And um, they don't really have a generation name or even Gen Z, which started in um, 96. They don't have an end date for that yet in my research. So they also call them the centennials, which I'm not really sure why, but also the iGen. So it's probably because the iPhone, the iPad, and everything i. But, um, yeah, so going up through the generations, we don't really have names for the coming generations, but the Capricorn and Pluto generation are more conservative with their money. They're more restrictive and wanting systems and understand the thread to the past and tradition, and they have connections to their grandparents. After that is the Pluto and Aquarius generation starting January 20th, 2024 through January 18th, 2044. This is a 20-year cycle, and it will be the generation and the time of expansion of enlightenment. Mental health issues will get seen in a new light. We'll probably discover more about quantum physics and quantum reality. We're going to go to a whole new way of seeing the world that is not restrictive, not two-dimensional or even three-dimensional or even four-dimensional, which I include time as a dimension, um, it's going to be expansive. And Pisces generation is the generation of love, universal love and the arts. So that is the Renaissance generation, but it's also the generation that wraps up everything in a neat little bow. And we understand people from their own cultures and we have universal love and connection because our boundaries go down. We have no boundaries under Pisces. And so psychologically, we will be so empathic that we cannot ignore what our fellow man is suffering through. And the solutions have to come out of that. But Aquarius and Pisces Pluto are both going to come together for humanity in my personal view. January 18th, 2044 through February 23rd, 2068, which is 24 years of Pluto and Pisces. So that goes all the way past me being 100 years old. It's only what I'll experience, I hope, in my lifetime. But um, it is a very deep and abiding energy going through these signs. They are the wrapping up of a Pluto cycle through the 60s of this decade, or this uh, century, excuse me. And anyway, I hope that's given you an insight a little bit more into how generations function. I apologize to everybody who's called in. I honestly don't think I can record anymore and I can't take you this week, but I will take you next week. I will make a little extra time. We'll just go over the aspects and then I'll take calls to make up for it this week. I apologize. But if you want a reading from me, please listen to the end uh, outro of this and you can find out how to get a reading from me. I would love to talk to you. Take care. See you next week. Hi, this is Shelly. Thank you for joining us this week. To contact me for a private reading, go to angeliczodiac.com under the Readings tab. Background music was provided by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com with additional music by Tracy Coriel at tracyland.com, T-R-A-C-E-Y-L-A-N-D.com. Music provided on show-by-show basis will be credited within the body of the show. For more info on my art, go to ShellyOverton.com. That's S-H-E-L-L-E-Y O 